favorite authors, friends, and guests explore the simpler side of life. Here's your host, Amish fiction author, Tracy Fertikowski. Hey there, welcome to another episode of Buggy Talk. I'm your host, Tracy Fredikowski. Each week, I'll bring you the story behind the stories along with the storytellers. For this week's episode, we have a new Amish author to the Buggy Talk podcast, and that's Jay Willis Sanders, who will introduce us to his latest release, The Forgiveness Quilt, an Amish Christmas Carol. Hello, Jay Willis. How are you today? I'm doing fine. I hope you are. I am, and I just want to say how thankful I am that you're joining us today. We have lots of things to chat about, and I love bringing somebody new on board that our listeners can get introduced to. So I'm excited to ask you a few quick questions. But before we start to talk about your latest release, I just want to know a little more about Jay Willis. So do you mind if I ask you a few questions? Go right ahead. All right. You and I don't even know anything about each other. So I'm really excited to hear more about how you got to write, how you got, how you chose Amish fiction. But more than that, what did you want to be when you grew up? Well, I'm one of those strange guys. Uh, I had no idea what I wanted to be. I knew what I enjoyed and I enjoyed reading, but I never thought about actually writing. Um, I like the outdoors, fishing, and by, you know, growing up in the 60s, that's what kids did. We did all kinds of things, but I never really thought about a vocation, so I'm sorry I have to disappoint you with that answer. <laughs> well, you know, I am 61 years old, and I can honestly say I still don't know what I want to be when I grow up. Well, I think you're a writer. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think I am a writer, but you Me know, I often, yeah, I think that's what we, we are now, but you know, what do we want to be in 10 years? I'm not really sure, but right now I'll, I'll enjoy this ride. How about you? Well, in 10 years, I hope to be alive. <laughs> that will cover a lot of it. <laughs> that will, it certainly will. Jay, why don't you go ahead and tell us how long have you been writing and what do you find the most challenging about being an author? February, it will be nine years, and I think the most challenging part now, after getting a decent grasp of the craft of writing, is marketing. <laughs> you probably can relate to that. I can. I, I certainly can. It's it's a big chunk of our time. I spent all day doing marketing. I spent all day yesterday doing marketing. So um, I think that sometimes our readers may glamorize writing, but it's wearing multiple hats on multiple days. That's exactly right. Um, I mean, the, the writing, in your, if you're like me, when you're working on a story, you're almost constantly thinking about it, you know, piecing it together, whether you're writing or not. And it takes up a large part of your uh, mental effort in a day when you're just writing. And then you start editing and what kind of cover do I want? Um, you got to figure out some people to send it out to, to get, you know, bounce ideas off of. And there's so much more of it than just the writing. For many years, I worked a full-time job and wrote. And I think, Jay, you still work a full-time job and write. Is that correct? I still do. Yeah. yeah. I a 40-hour so job. How do you find time to write? What does your writing schedule look like? 
luckily at work, I have a desk job, although it's not lucky for my waistline. Um, <laughs> but so when I take a break, I can I can write right there. I don't have to get up. I don't have to do anything. I can actually use my own laptop. And so that helps a lot. And then when I come home, I will find time when I can. And uh, you just have to work your way into it however you can. Maybe at some point you're hoping to retire. Oh, definitely. Um, I'll be 63 next month. Happy birthday, me. (laughs) (laughs) uh, uh, Yeah, and I'm definitely thinking about that. It's something I want to continue to do as long as I'm able to do it because I really enjoy it. It's thank God for the skill, right, that he gives us. It's unbelievable to do it. You know, you're creating worlds and people and they feel real to you. So how about you tell us what you think your most interesting writing quirk would be? I like editing. A lot of people don't like it. I don't. I'm here (laughs) and uh, I really enjoy it. Um, I hate the fact that I sometimes miss typos. You know how it is. You read the same thing over and over again. You read right through them. Right. uh, But I I do like that. It's, It's like putting a final coat of painting on paint on something and it's uh, to make it shine exactly exactly I have to say editing is not one of my strong points I think that as authors um, and writers we all have a different skill set and thank goodness you can hire good editors (laughs) (laughs) you can hire good editors so tell us what books or authors have influenced your writing the most I would say the first one is probably Anthony Dewar. You know, he wrote uh, All the Light We Cannot See. And uh, it's a funny story about that. Uh, it was his, that book is in present tense. And I wanted to read it really bad. And every time I picked it up in the store and I started reading, I'm like, I can't read this. It's driving me crazy. I didn't know why. I know why. We were used to reading present tense. We grow up with that. So we're used to reading it. But I listened to the audio book of it, and it cured me. Now I can write in it. I can read in it. It doesn't bother me at all. After that, uh, I would say Kate Atkinson for uh, Life After Life. It was very challenging to read because of what it was about. And it's like it kept stopping and starting, stopping and starting. But I eventually finished it, and I said, okay, I understand now. (laughs) And then uh, the last one is... uh, probably uh, Between Tides, which is written by Angel Curry, who lives in Manio, North Carolina. And that's probably one of the most lyrical books I've ever read. It's really beautiful prose. And all of those together influenced me a lot. I hope it helped me get to where I am now so I can keep uh, getting better, keep improving. Absolutely. I strongly believe that to be a good writer, you have to be a a good reader. When you stop reading, then where does that creativity come? Not, Not that we're copying or plagiarizing or anything like that, but I think our mind has to always be open to to new storylines and you only get that creativity by keeping your mind fresh by reading all the time. So every author I have interviewed here on the Buggy Talk podcast are avid readers. And I think that's what makes us good writers. Don't you agree? 
I agree. And I don't get a chance to read a lot, but I listen to a lot of audio books. And I think that helps a lot, too. Oh, it does. It certainly does. Well, thank you so much for sharing a little bit about your um, background and how you got started writing. But I did. I do have another question. So tell us, Jay, how many Amish themed books have you written? I have 13 published. I'm self-published, if that matters. I hope it doesn't matter. No, it doesn't. Absolutely, (laughs) it does not matter. Absolutely Um, not. I, I tried the traditional route and it's hard to get your foot in that door. And so I'm like, I'm not getting any younger. I'm going to tackle it. And I did. And I'm enjoying it. Yeah. I um, I, we here on the Buggy Talk podcast, we have an array of traditionally published authors and indie authors. And you know what? Our readers don't care. All they care is that they want to read a good book or a good storyline. So it doesn't matter. I think as authors, we may get hung up on being traditionally published or indie, indie published, but really our, our readers could care less. They, they don't care. I agree. I didn't, when I was trying that route, you know, like you say, readers will think the publisher is going to do all the marketing. That is not so. Nope. It, it may have been a long time ago, but it's not now. You have to, like you said earlier, wear a lot of hats. And uh, you asked me a while ago about how many books with Amish characters. Um, the first series I published, which was uh, in April of 2021, the first book in that series was The Colors of Eliza Gray. And I didn't, I didn't write it to be an Amish book. I wrote it to be more about how deafness affected her and her family, which was old. They were old or Amish. And of course, there's a romance in it. Of course, the guy is not Amish. (laughs) Many times we see those, right? Right, right. (laughs) But uh, I didn't, I was still learning. You know, we're always learning. If we we live, we hope we learn. And uh, so I got some things wrong in it. Got called out for it, and I don't blame anybody one bit. <laughs> I, I agree, but uh, it, I didn't really write it for Amish, the traditional Amish reader. I, I wrote it for everybody, so it includes some things that the traditional Amish reader might not like. <laughs> but like I said, we live and learn, and uh, it's still uh, one of my most popular series, regardless of my faux pas. <laughs> you know, at the end of the day, Jay Willis, we write fiction. And sometimes I think that we need to remember that, that even though not every writer will get every Amish tradition or um, the way they do things completely right, it's still at the end of the day, it's fiction and it comes from your own imagination. So, um, but I do have to agree that Amish readers do like some of our Amish readers like consistency in what the Amish traditions dictate. So yeah. I can see where you might have been called out on, on some of those, but well, really by us talking about it, it's probably going to intrigue people to want to go read that series <laughs> to see what you're talking about. So let's not tell them what those faux yeah, pas were. That's and, true. And I, I did put a disclaimer <laughs> in the script the end, at the end of the description in Amazon to explain that you know, to maybe please skip over some things if it bothered you. Um, I really like to challenge readers. Um, I think challenging 
ourselves is important because it makes us open our minds to who we are as human beings, whether we're Amish or not. So that brings us right into talking about the forgiveness quilt, an Amish Christmas carol. But before we do that, let me read your back matter just to set the stage, and then we can really dig into the story, okay? Okay. All right. This is Jay Willis Sanders, The Forgiveness Quilt, an Amish Christmas Carol. Ruth Raber, an elderly old order Amish woman, has led a lonely life. She never married, never sang with a boy at one of her community, community gatherings, and ruined the only relationship she could have had. And worst of all, she doesn't understand why any of that happened. Or does she? Every year around Christmas, a series of memories haunt her, and this Christmas is no different. When the nearby townspeople and the Amish and Mennonite in the area gather at Christmas Eve and invite Ruth, not only will she be challenged by her memories, she'll be challenged by a lesson from her mother, now passed on about the kindness in the quilts she makes. Similar in theme to Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol, the forgiveness quilt will warm the heart while reminding us of the importance of kindness at Christmas and for the entire year. Well, that sounds like a very intriguing story, and I can't wait to hear more about it. How about you first tell us, Jay Willis, what was the inspiration for this story beyond mimicking Charles Dickinson's A Christmas Carol? Well, in that um, learning Amish fiction, most all the other fiction I write, I thought it'd be interesting to delve into uh, a lady like Ruth, who is now 80 years old and is never married because marriage and family are such an important part of Amish communities. And so, you know, what can make us, what can make that happen, especially to a person who really wanted that to happen? So I moved forward from that, and uh, I did a lot of research about that. I've done a lot since the Eliza Gray series, naturally, <laughs> but they're very interesting people. Uh, it's so many of them, so many different orders, and then you even, even got the uh, Mennonites. It's, uh, it's, it's really interesting people, as you know, because you write them. So how about you tell us, without giving too much away, tell us just a little bit about your story. Well, as the uh, back matter you read, it's, it's about a woman who is now 80 years old. She is unmarried. Um, she's sort of a crabby person, to be honest, Amish. But like I said earlier, you know, we're humans. So even an Amish person can not have the best personality, even though they really should because of their faith, right? Exactly, but they don't. They're just, yeah, they're they're just like us, and they don't. And even even us being Christians, even Christians have a sour bad attitude at times. So, oh, of course, we're a human. Uh, the best thing to do is when we recognize those things and try to do better. You know, exactly. But, uh, I wanted to delve into Ruth and why that happened, and relate it to the reader in such a way. So they would understand why and maybe think about some of the same things in their own lives. 
And I'm sure many of us will be able to relate with maybe some of the things that she's going to, because not all of us are happy people. You know, we have we have moments of crankiness. So I I look forward to reading and see how you walk her through this particular storyline. So I didn't ask you, where is the story set? Well, uh, I don't really mention the name of the town until probably close to the last chapter, and I named it Christiansburg. It's in Ohio, and I named it that because all of the citizens in this little town, uh, whether they're Amish or not, or Mennonite or not, get along really well. And it takes place, well, when uh, Ruth was in her 60s, there's a scene when it was after the Korean War. So that kind of give you, gives you a timeline Time for it. Mm-hmm. 20 years after the, the later 50s, I guess. Interesting. So the, if you had to say the book had a message, um, now you've, you've explained a lot about Ruth, and we read in your, back, in your back matter that she ruined the only relationship she could have. So is forgiveness the theme of or the message in the book, or do you think that there's something other that, that you want your readers to um, realize? There's lots of themes in it. If a person look, you know what I mean. You're right. You know how mm-hmm. it is. Mm-hmm. But I would say the main one is how faith helps us shed negativity. And you, you don't let things bother you that if you have faith, you have God has confidence in you. So we should have confidence in ourselves. And we won't let things bother us that normally might. And uh, part of that goes along with recognizing our mistakes, which is repentance. And uh, But that can be hard to do. It was very hard for Ruth to do. So, you know, I won't say anything else. Okay. Well, don't give us any, don't give us any spoilers. That's for sure. How about you take a few minutes and I love for our authors to read a little bit in their own voice, in their own words, either a pivotal scene from your story or the first page. So are you all right with doing that for us? Sure. These are the first two paragraphs of the first page. Okay. The floor is yours. Like a glowing ember pulsing with heat, the dull pain in Ruth Raver's lower back flared and dimmed. Children bed to face the window where the tick tick of sleep on the gray dawn announced a new day. Taking her equally gray braid in her fingers, she started to loosen it but stopped. After cleaning the house so thoroughly yesterday, she deserved a few more minutes beneath the warm covers. As the brightening light outside meant the sleet was mixed with snow, which must have blanketed the yard over the night. This meant she had no intention of harnessing Lucy to the buggy and going anywhere for anything. Her left hand, seemingly on its own, slid to the other pillow on the head of the husband she had never married. For the time it took to blink an eye, despair entered her heart until gratitude for God's love forced it away. Just opening one's eyes every day was a blessing. One could hurt, cry, hunger for love and companionship here on earth, or one could find the positive in all things. Ruth knew this was difficult for her to do, but she didn't quite know why. 
So thank you so much for sharing that with us. And I will make sure I put the links to your story in the show notes so that our or our listeners can find your story and find more about you as well. So, Jay, how about you tell us what are you working on right now? I have an, another series that will come out this year. Called, I call it the Clara Engelman series. And Clara is beachy Amish Mennonite. And I think they're really interesting because they will use any technology except TV and radio. They don't want it in, intruding in on their homes. So do the beachy Amish in your story that you're working on, um, do they drive cars or are they still in horse and buggy? They drive cars. They drive and they cars. Don't, uh, according to the website, I uh, use for a lot of research, they don't speak Pennsylvania Dutch. Very interesting. Yeah, it sounds very interesting. So as you know, Jay Willis, I love to do a little bit of a speed round where I ask you some silly questions that mean absolutely nothing to your writing career, but it gives our listeners just a little insight to who Jay Willis Sanders is. So are you ready for my questions? Sure. All right. First question. Would you rather wrestle a snake or ride a bull? Is the snake poisonous? <laughs> <laughs> Let's say no. Let's say no. Wrestle the snake. All right. All right. Second question. If you could live anywhere in the world, where would it be? The Outer Banks of North Carolina. It's one of my favorite places, and it's yeah. where I have three books written and where I'm working on another one now. I love the Outer Banks. I absolutely love the Outer Banks. And Jay, I don't even know where you're from. Where are you calling us from today? Uh, Southern Virginia, a little town called Clarksville. I actually use it in the setting of the Eliza Gray series. It takes place in Ohio to start, but then the setting moves to my town. And it's the only town in Virginia located on Car Lake, or as us locals call it, Island. It's a really great place to live. It's oh, a small no. town. It has that small town vibe. I also use it in the uh, Claire Engelman series. And I bring back some characters from the Liza Gray series. They're not main characters, but they're in it. They play their part. Well, that sounds interesting. I love little town settings like that. And I bet you've been able to carry some maybe landmarks or something that if people were to go through Clarksville, is it Clarksville or Clarksburg? Clarksville. Yes, I do. I use, we have a big festival in July and I use that and there's fireworks. The lake will fill up with boats to watch the fireworks and all that's in it. And I use several businesses. I use my barber. I let him read his dialogue. He's like, that sounds just like me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. All right, last question. What is the one food you can't do without? That's tough. Because <laughs> there's multiples. I know there's multiples yeah, for me. can't do without. What is your favorite food? Let's just put it that way. What is your favorite? What do you look? If you could eat anything you wanted, what would it be? Ice cream. <laughs> Ice cream. <laughs> oh, yeah. Butter pecan. <laughs> Butter pecan. You know, I am a little lactose intolerant these days, so I don't eat ice cream anymore. But when I was eating ice cream, that was one of my favorites as well. So 
So Jay Willis, thank you so much for spending time with us. Is there anything you would like to say to your readers before we sign off? I just want to make sure they uh, know how much I appreciate them. You know from writing that when we write, it's like we're sharing little bits and pieces of us. And so when they enjoy what we write, it's like they're meeting little bit pieces of us. They're getting to know us in various ways in our writing. And I, I really appreciate anyone who takes the time to read anything, of course, to read any of my work. And I hope to continue to get better, too. So oh, thank you. And I will make sure I add a link to your website in the show notes. And I think that I found your Twitter page and your um, your Facebook page. So I will make sure I add all of that in the show notes if anybody wants to find Jay Willis after this podcast. So to you listeners, if you want to pick up a copy of the Forgiveness Quilt and Amish Christmas Carol, look for the link in the show notes like I just um, mentioned in this episode, which you can find at my website at tracysamishbooks.com or you can go to buggytalkpodcast.com. There you'll find a complete list of some of your favorite Amish fiction authors and all the great books they add to the Amish landscape, including my latest release, which is Anna's Amish Fears Revealed, which is book three of the Amish Women of Lawrence County.